You are listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to episode 52 of the Keep Going Podcast. This episode is entitled, When God Has Plans for Later. So as I continue walking you through the books that I've written, I want to back up and tell you about the mixed up order in which they were written. So in the last episode, I talked about when my book, Everyday Genesis, came out in December of 2017. Well, as I've mentioned, there is a long lag time between when a book is actually written, the manuscript is turned in, and when the book is published. That is very true in my life. So right after, this is crazy, right after I turned in the manuscript for Hunting Hope, my second book, I immediately started writing a different manuscript that I haven't told you about. I started writing a daily devotional book for teachers. Now, this was a different um, level of discipline when it comes to writing because each day you have to really focus on writing many little um, devotional thoughts, 365 small devotional thoughts, 365 scriptures pulled out from the Bible and applied to daily life. That was a different kind of intensity than writing the other kinds of books that I'd written before. But I really felt this call on my heart to write this daily devotional book for teachers. Many of you know that I was a teacher in public schools for 10 years. I taught high school English for 10 years, and I taught um intermediate school, that's fifth and sixth grade in Texas, intermediate school, English, and social studies for five years. And then I also was a a missionary school teacher for a year and a private homeschool teacher for a family for one year. So I had several experiences, different kinds. Oh, and I also taught um, Bible in a private school. So I had missionary school, homes, private homeschool, a private school, regular old private school, high school, and two kinds of public school, intermediate and high school. So I had lots of experiences, but the one thing that I found in every place I've taught is that you need Jesus every day and you need a little boost of encouragement every day. So I wrote this manuscript that was a daily devotional book for teachers and you guys Nobody wanted it. Publisher said, there's, there's not, I'm not interested in, this is not something we can publish. They said, there's not really a lot of, you know, need for this. A lot of people aren't crying out for this, um, a daily devotional book for teachers. Now this was in 2016. And I said, yes, I'm telling you, there are tons of Christian teachers, even in public schools that really need to be reminded that the Lord is with them in the classroom. Y'all, you trust me, there's an audience for this book, but everyone said no. Even the publisher that I had a two book deal with, they were not interested in a daily devotional book for teachers. But I just felt this 
this push on my heart from the Lord to do it. So I did it. And I finished that 365 day devotional for teachers. And then I set it aside and I got busy working on what I told you in the last podcast was my master's thesis. And it, and it became Everyday Genesis, my book about inviting God to recreate you. So I had this extra manuscript just kind of sitting on my computer that was this daily devotional. Well, I felt so strongly that I wanted to move forward with this that I decided to self-publish it. Um, so I, I actually printed off about 10 copies. I gave it to some teachers of all kinds, homeschool teachers, uh, public school teachers, private teachers, private school teachers to see what they thought. And, you know, some of them said, this is really needed. It's really helpful to me. And I've been reading this with my team every day. And, but some of them had some negative reviews and it just so happens that I held in high regard the few people that gave me some negative reviews of it. And so I didn't do anything. I did not publish it. So then we move on to when Everyday Genesis was actually coming out, being published. That was in December of 2017. And what I didn't tell you in the last episode is in December of 2017, I was fired from a job completely randomly, suddenly let go from a job unjustly. I would add, don't mind adding that here. And it surprised me because I'd never been let go from a job before and I didn't know what I was going to do. So even though I had this book that was coming out, I paid no attention to it. I didn't have a launch team. I didn't have a launch party. I didn't have anything that you normally have surrounding the release of a book. It just kind of came out. If you had a gathering at your home, Everyday Genesis would be the guest that whispered in the door. You never saw them come in. So you barely saw that they were in the room and then they whispered right out. I mean, everyday Genesis was not a presence. And so let me just fast forward for a second and say that book did not sell well. In fact, you may not know this about publishing, but there are certain publishing goals and everyday Genesis did not sell what they thought. And so at a certain point, it is written in the contract that the publisher not only will stop printing it, but they don't even have to store it anymore in their inventory. So I got a call in 2020, three years later, that said this book hasn't um, met any sales goals. So we're going to get rid of the copies that we have in storage, which that y'all is heartbreaking to a writer because it's like, get rid of them. That means you're not even going to sell them to bookstores anymore. They're going to dump them off at a, like a discount book place or even chip them up for the, um, for the paper. And that just hurts. So that's another episode because guess what? They said, if you don't want us to destroy these books or get rid of them, you have an opportunity to buy them at bottom prices. And I was like, every single one of them. Yes, sir. I'm going to redeem that book. I created it. I'm going to redeem it. So I bought them all, all the remaining copies, and I'm storing them in my warehouse. Hello. So that right there is is a sermon, isn't it? If you create something and somebody tries to destroy it, the thing you want to do is redeem it. You want to buy it back. I shouldn't necessarily have had to buy it back, but I did because I loved what I made. 
that is a great analogy for how the Lord feels about us. Satan has tried to destroy us, and God was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to buy it back. (laughs) I'm going to buy them all back, all of them. Okay, so like I said, I was fast-forwarding to 2020 when I got that call that said, do you want to redeem your own books? But back in 2017, I had this book coming out that I wasn't even paying attention to. Y'all, I should have paid attention to it because the subtitle is Inviting God to Recreate You. And there I was, I had just suddenly lost a job going, uh, what do I do next? What I should have done next was pick up my own book and read it from cover to cover and invite God to recreate me. But alas, I had already read it. So it didn't even occur to me to read it again at that point which is exactly when I needed to read it again. So it's kind of like a little joke in my mind that the Lord was like, how about you go ahead and live out your book right when it comes out? You'll lose your job and you get to live out your book. What a great opportunity. I just didn't see it that way. So I kind of panicked and then went a few months without a job. And then I was hired to teach at a school. And started that school, loved the year that I taught there, um, and also struggled the year that I taught there. It was not a good fit. Have you ever had a situation in your life that was just not a good fit? Like both sides were great, but it didn't work. So that's what I would say about that experience, about the school that I try to jump right into. And I wanted to love it. I think they wanted to love me, but didn't work. So I ended up being asked to leave that job. It was a second shock because to be let go two years, I mean, two, yeah, two jobs in a row, basically two years in a row, um, to be let go. It was like, what is happening to my life? What is happening to my life? What is happening? I don't even know what to do next. It was a blow. And so as soon the day that I packed up my classroom and left that school, I drove to a nearby park and I bawled my eyes out. And I just was like, Lord, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? I have, I'm so tired. I don't know what comes next. My books aren't selling. Um, I, I'm, I'm clearly not able to keep a job right now. I, what do I do? And I've invested so much money to pursue um, the different things I felt called to pursue, such as publishing and speaking and other kinds of business investments, and they haven't had a return. So what do I do? And the Lord whispered to my heart. He said, write down everything you've invested. And I wrote down everything I've invested from taking out a business loan that did not pan out, from Um, taking on an extra degree that maybe I did not need and all kinds of things. I wrote it all down on the back of a a Walmart receipt. And when I saw, I added it up and I saw that final number, I was angry. I shook that receipt at the sky and I, with my fist, and I said, Lord, look at how much I have invested for 25 years And I have not seen the return on this investment all along believing that you had put this gift of writing in me and you had put this desire for design and publishing and all that in me, but it's not happening. 
and I've invested for 25 years, my time, my effort, and my money, and I shook that receipt to the sky. And this is what I heard him say, clearly and gently, but also directly. He said, would you do it again if I ask you to? And I just melted. I was like, of course I would. You know I would. Of course I would do it again if you asked me. I, w- I would not hesitate. I'm not going to hold back. The The worst thing a person can do is disobey. That's the absolute thing that is the worst, is disobeying because you know what's best. So even if you lead me down a path that I don't want to go, I'll go down it because I want obedience more than anything. Obedience leads to life. You know, the prophet Jeremiah wrote, Lord, you have misled me and I have been misled. Or a different version, I think, says, Lord, you have um, tricked me and I have been tricked. But not the word. It's not tricked. But something like that that um, indicates like a big joke. And sometimes obedience almost feels that way. If we're honest about it, it's like, okay, well, I thought if I obeyed, I was going to get this, but that's transactional. And you don't have a relationship that is healthy if it's a transactional relationship. So to expect God, um, if I do this, you're going to do that, right? So if I obey you, I'm going to get a reward that's immediate, right? Well, he doesn't say that. He says, you love me, you trust me, you obey me because I'm your father, not because I'm your business partner. We're not working on a transaction here. So I just said, of course I would. I will do it. I will obey. Even if there's never a return, even if I die penniless, <laughs> I will I will want whatever you have to offer on the other side of obedience. And so he said, get out that manuscript then. They keep teaching manuscripts. And I, I was like, but nobody liked that. He's like, get it out. So this was in the summer of 2019. And in the summer of 2019, I pulled out that old manuscript for that daily devotional book for teachers that I had called Keep Teaching, Daily Grace for the Classroom. That was the subtitle. And remember, I had written it in April and May of 2016 and put it in a special file on my computer and ignored it. And then the Lord says, get it out in June of 2019. I mean, really, the timing, you guys, <laughs> I had no idea, no idea what was coming for teachers. So I have Keep Teaching here in front of me, and I'm going to just read you the introduction. You know that there are 365 days, I have a read aloud verse at the top of every page. And on the bottom of some pages, not all, I have a journal response because some people like a journal response you can write in the book or not in the book. Um, But this is the book that within 30 days of the Lord saying, get that manuscript out and publish it. I self-published this book and put it out there. And the response was outstanding. So many people purchased this book right when it came out. And the thing is, there were many more to come, as we know. So let me just go ahead and read you the introduction of this book. Words on the walls. The ink soaked through. 
That summer, I had moved into a different classroom at the public school where I was teaching, and I wanted to bless the new space as well as the students who would fill it. So I wrote Bible verses on the grubby walls before I covered them with a fresh coat of paint. My intention was to have an invisible reset button for myself. When I glanced at each wall throughout the year, I thought, I would remember the encouragement hidden underneath. My principal called me several weeks later, concerned. He had walked by my empty room and had seen graffiti on the walls. Right away, I knew it was the Bible verses I had written with permanent marker. The next day, I repainted the entire room one more time. But the ink soaked through again and again. After two months, two coats of primer and six coats of campus-issued khaki paint, I started the first day of school with strategically placed posters on my classroom walls. Each one of them concealed a Bible verse that wouldn't stay covered any other way. The spiritual lesson was obvious. That experience taught me about the penetrating power of Scripture in a classroom. Nothing can stop the Word of God from soaking through our lives. It brings unstoppable blessings. I would never advise writing Bible verses on public school walls the way I did, but I do advise writing God's Word on the walls of your heart. You won't be able to cover it up if it's written there. Once you see the truth, it can't be unseen. Scripture is exactly what we need in order to bless our students in classrooms, but most of us can't reach for a Bible at school. That's why this simple devotional book is filled with Scripture. It's a book you can readily have on your desk, on a shelf, or in a file drawer. The cover design is not overtly Christian and will garner no attention if you pull it out and silently read a page to yourself. I hope these thoughts and verses will function for you like my classroom walls did for me, as a hidden tool that can encourage you with just a glance. May this book serve as a reset button. When you look at the cover, I hope that you will remember the encouragement hidden underneath. There's a spiritual focus for every day, but I don't want you to feel guilty if you don't pick up this book daily. Teachers don't need something else on their to-do list. Just read it when you need it. And it's okay if you find yourself needing it every day. The devotional thought, based on the fruit of the Spirit, is brief and to the point. I have prayed that they will have an uncanny way of hitting the bullseye of your heart every time. The Bible verse at the top of each page is meant to be read out loud. Please don't skip this. It's the most important tool in this book. Read the verse in your home or car or empty classroom, but whenever you can, read it with your voice, not just with your thoughts. Release the Word of God into the atmosphere. His Word always blesses wherever it goes. And something miraculous will happen when your ears hear your mouth say what your heart believes. Your life will change. One more thing. Before you begin this book, I want to share a word about the man to whom it is dedicated. Dr. Larry Calvin was one of my dear teachers. For years, he taught Bible at the private school I attended, and his marriage and family course for seniors was a highlight that every student anticipated. The wisdom he offered in that class still reverberates in my heart. In fact, I can't deny that I've devoted my life to being a capable Bible teacher because of his influence during my high school years. But my earliest memory of Dr. Calvin is most significant. I was in elementary school, and at the beginning of each school year, he would challenge the student body to keep a gratitude journal. 
If we wrote down a list of five things we were thankful for every day, all year long, he would give us a small prize at the end. I never completed an entire year. Oh, I'd begin with gusto each August. Then, time after time, my daily gratitude lists would fizzle out around October. But he had planted a seed in my heart that had taken root, and it would blossom 35 years later. This is my gratitude journal, Dr. Calvin. It took me a while, but I finally finished. I wanted to read that introduction for you because the title of this episode is When God Has Plans for Later. Remember, I had written this manuscript in 2016, and God didn't call me to publish it until the summer of 2019. In fact, it goes back further than that. Like I said, Dr. Calvin encouraged us to write a daily gratitude journal. When this That was 1984. And then here we are, and I finally finished it. God had plans for later when he allowed that teacher to speak life into me and to give me a, an action plan for gratitude daily. God had plans for later when I finished a manuscript that nobody was interested in, but he knew there would come a time when many people would be interested in it. Let me read you just three random days. I'm going to turn to three random days and see if I can just read over you some of the blessings in this book. This is from November 10th, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The longer a teacher teaches, the less lesson plans seem necessary. You already know what needs to come next. You know what you're doing. You know where you're going, and you might feel that lesson plans hinder you sometimes. They take precious minutes that you could spend doing other things for your students, things that seem more important. But never underestimate the power of preparation. Your expertise does not replace a plan. It makes you uniquely equipped to execute that plan. Preparation brings peace. Think through the obstacles. Pray through the possibilities. Let God guide your mind now so that later he can guide your hands. And the journal at the bottom says, Pray for God's peace to pour into your home and your classroom. Let's flip back and do September 22nd. Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Some of the students who are desperate for love will beg for it, fight for it, and wrestle it away from every other student in the room. When they do this, they create a scenario that is the opposite of what they need. They irritate you and make it almost impossible for you to give them the warmth of your positive attention. Naturally, you try to change them with correction. Teachers do this because they think the negative attention will make the wild student calm. They use pressure to create peace, but it doesn't work that way. These needy students feel your negative attention like a chill in the room, and it only makes them want more warmth. So they try harder to receive it, and the cycle continues. They don't understand how to attain what they desire, though it may seem obvious to you. And they're envious of the other students who do know how to get your positive attention. Just give them the warmth they long for, even when you feel like turning a cold shoulder. Treat them as you would treat the students who are well-behaved. Then, expect a difference over time, because someone who is warm eventually stops begging for a coat. 
Let's read March 1st, Psalm 89, 33. I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. Jesus is faithful. He has never betrayed you, no matter who else has. He has never left your side, no matter who else has. He has never told you a lie, no matter who else has. He has never broken a promise to you, no matter who else has. He has never given up on you, no matter who else has. He has never stopped loving you, no matter who else has. He has never stopped providing for you, no matter who else has. He is strong enough to love you, no matter what. Do you feel heavy with all you're longing for? Remember his faithfulness. You can put all your weight on him. And just for fun, let's do one more. Let's do May 8. Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Jesus listens to the small conversations that happen inside of you. The whispered dialogue between your heart and your head matters to him. One moment you blame yourself for not having self-control. The next you feel confident and assured in your identity in Christ. Then you wonder again if you ever will have self-control. So you take a step back and remind yourself that self-control is Holy Spirit fruit, the result of abiding in the vine. Back and forth, back and forth it goes. And by the time you finally reach out for the answers that only come through prayer, the Lord sends his peaceful reply. I hear you, dear child, he says. In fact, I heard you even before you called. Oh, one more, one more, one more. How about... Okay, June 14th, last one. Romans four twenty through 21. By the way, here I am in June because most teacher devotional books, they only have about 180 days in them. They only work September through May. I was like, Teachers need a devotional 365 days a year. So that's one of the things that makes my devotional book unique is that I went all the way through the summer because what the feedback that I've gotten, by the way, is that for international teachers who are not in the U.S., they don't go to school September through May, some of them. They have a totally different school schedule in the year. So what I say is you need a a whole entire year worth of worth of devotionals if you're going to reach as many teachers as possible. So here we are, Romans 4, 20 through 21. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Pray for someone who is stepping out in faith and trust with their own risk. You love your child, your friend, or your spouse, and you want to encourage them but you also have an urge to protect them from getting their hopes up. Be fully convinced that God can be trusted no matter the final outcome. Some of the best lessons are learned by losing. Help your loved ones stay focused through the ups and the downs. Their faith is being trained and is growing stronger throughout the ride. Their trust brings glory to Jesus. That's a great one to end on because it's it's a nod to the disappointments of 2020. Some of us have seen children really be disappointed from the 2020 seniors to um, even students right now um, at the beginning of the school year in September, October of 2020, 
just so many things are unexpected. They thought they were going to get to experience a homecoming football game, and um, that's not happening in the same way that they thought. So here, let me read this again. Be fully convinced that God can be trusted no matter the final outcome. Some of the best lessons are learned by losing. Help your loved ones stay focused through the ups and the downs. Their faith is being trained. It is growing stronger throughout the ride. So as you can see, I wanted to end with what happened in 2020, because when the Lord told me to get that manuscript back out in the summer of 2019, and I obeyed and did that, I had no way of knowing the stress that teachers were going to be under less than a year later. Because long about March, I mean, just a few months later, teachers were teaching virtually at home, and I was seeing them with a tremendous burden on their hearts. And my book, Keep Teaching, uplifted so many people I've never met during that time because I promoted the book. I was like, this book is here and ready and available to you right now. And people reached out and got themselves a copy and told me this has made a difference for me. So if you are someone who knows a teacher or if you are a teacher and you know that there is some encouragement that to keep teaching would have to offer them, then please Get yourself a copy at thekeepgoingshop.com. Hey, tickets are on sale right now for the Keep Going Workshop 2021. It's being held on January 8th. It's a one-day fantastic workshop where you can develop five specific goals in the areas of home, health, finance, relationship, and skill through partnering with the Holy Spirit, asking Him what's next. This is what I've done for years. This is the process that I do. I walk you through simple steps, and by the end of the day, you have everything you need to move forward and pursue the goals that God has put on your heart for the next season. If you aren't available to come to Dallas for an in-person workshop with us, well, guess what? We're offering a brand new way to experience the Keep Going Workshop through home hostess kits. We've created these beautiful boxes that have five participant supplies of everything. So when you watch on the screen, you, you are virtually there at the workshop with us. Every time I say go and when I pass out a gift or when I pass out a supply at the workshop, you'll have that same gift or supply in your home box. So if you can think of four friends that are excited to join you to build up their own hearts and get ready for the next season of life and that they're facing in 2021, then get your accountability group together right now. You're more likely to reach your goals if the five of you commit to experiencing this together. So grab a box, grab four friends, plan to set aside January 8th, and really dive into goal setting with us at the Keep Going Workshop. You can find out everything you need to know by going to nikamaples.com and clicking on events. I hope... I'll see you there, whether we're in person or virtually. Great.